Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. When it comes to growth, uh, personally and professionally, um, discomfort is really the key to the growth that you ultimately want for yourself. So do something every single day that challenges you, you or scares you just a little bit, right? You know, don't, you don't have to go crazy, but. You're listening to Mark Chernoff, who is here with his wife, Angel, and they're gonna be talking about some of the biggest discomforts that they've had in their life that have helped push them forward into a very successful business, helping hundreds of thousands of people. You're gonna learn about how they got started in business and kind of accidentally sort of fell into this business, how long it took for them to monetize, what they monetized with. It is actually a lot simpler than you might think. You're gonna discover how they dealt with the imposter syndrome. Having accidentally fell into their business, they didn't often feel qualified to teach their audience the things that they were teaching on their website. And then finally, you're gonna learn about some of the very simple strategies and tactics that they use to make sure they stay in tune with their audience and how they continue to pump out uh, article after article that goes viral and viral. So make sure you stick around. This is Mark and Angel from Mark, with a C, markandangel.com. But first, intro music now. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he likes coffee almost as much as he loves his podcast, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me in session 370 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And today we have Mark and Angel Chernoff. You can find them at markandangel.com. They throw live events. They have a New York Times bestselling book, another one on the way. And more importantly, they're just awesome people. They've been friends of mine who used to live in San Diego with me back when I was starting out my entrepreneurial journey. It's just been really amazing and inspiring to see not just the kind of business that they've been able to create, but more importantly, how many people and how many lives they've been able to affect in such a positive way. So I'm very excited to introduce my good friends, Mark and Angel. Mark and Angel, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us here on the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Finally, you're, you're both on, just welcome. Yes, thank you so much. We're glad to be here. Yes, thank you, Pat. Now, for those of you listening, Mark and Angel were two people who I met very early on in my journey of online business and entrepreneurship. Uh, they used to live in San Diego, and I met them uh, pre before they had their kid, and 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 as they was as they were also starting their business. And then I also had the pleasure of speaking at their event recently, and we'll we'll lead into all that and, and give people all the links and, and stuff later. But I want to go back to even before we met and how you guys got into what you do. I know that you had a very successful website and you were helping a lot of people related to just life and, and inspiration and, and happiness and guidance and direction in general. But uh, Angel, let me start with you. How did all of this uh, start? And, and like, tell me how you built all this. What's the origin story? Yeah, you know, it's it was uh, one of those things where we're accidental entrepreneurs, right? Um, it was never intended to be a business. We run a personal development site and it all started from our need to do research into this work because we were going through our own troubles and adversities. Yeah, we, we ran into a, a situation um, when we were in our late 20s, um, a situation that blindsided us um, we at that time in our life, we were not well versed in personal development, right? Mm -hmm. Not at all. And 
And it, because it wasn't a need, right? I mean, things were going fairly well. We'd gone to college. We got the degrees. Um, we got out. I mean, things were going good, reasonably well, right? There, there of course, were ups and downs. We got married in our mid-20s. Um, and then we, we ran across uh, a season of our lives um, that involved the back-to-back loss of two loved ones. So our best friend, Josh, who is one of our closest, uh, just closest people. I mean, this is, this is a human being who we'd share stories with. Um, we, we actually aspired, Angel and I were, would look up to Josh and his wife, Cammie, um, as kind of the relationship we wanted to model our relationship after. So they were incredibly important human beings in our lives. And he ended up passing away um, from a, a, a cardiac arrest, but it was driven by an asthma attack when he was away on a business trip, um, leaving a lot of questions. Um, and, and, and like we had never dealt with a loss of someone that age, you know, someone who was close to us. I mean, certainly grandparents we had dealt with, but like a, a person that you just kind of expect is going to be there for the, the duration of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were a couple weeks into coping with that, uh, Angel's older brother uh, died by suicide. And so this was it was kind of this one two punch that forced us, like Angel said, to start reevaluating what what was important um, and what we could possibly do to step through the grief we were feeling. And I'll tell you, in the beginning, it was denial, right? It was bypassing the way we felt. It was actually having arguments um, rather than having logical and, and comforting conversations with one another. We were living under one roof, and yet we were at odds with each other because we were really denying how deep the pain was. Um, of course, this is all happening in the downturn of the economy too. So we're struggling. Angel's out of work first, then I'm out of work and I'm in between jobs. And so you have this whole you know, dynamic of trying to cope with loss that you've never felt before and, and trying to figure out your, yourself financially. You're a new, newly married couple. And so the, the walls started crashing down um, and the blog was born literally as an accountability journal to the things that we were learning. Um, we saw a couple psychologists, each one of us individually, um, and they said, you know, ha- half, of, half of getting through this is gonna be your willingness to step through it, to do the research, to do the work, right, on yourself as individuals, and then come together as a couple. And so the blog was really, you know, w- when, it, when it became what it is today, the, the infancy of it was us using it as a platform to simply be an accountability journal, where we were gonna say, okay, we've learned we, we know we need to do these things for ourselves and each other. We're going to put our story out there. We're going to put some of these tools that we're learning from the likes of Wayne Dyer, Byron Katie, so on and so forth, the reading we were doing, and just hold ourselves publicly accountable to that. Um, this was, call it good luck or whatever, you know, it was a while ago. So we're talking about over a decade ago now. Um, this is around the time, you know, Twitter and, and Facebook and social media is taking off in more of its modern form. So it started getting picked up, you know, friends and family, a few shared it um, and more people started reading. And I mean, it's a long journey between then and, and now. But that's that was the infancy. That was the, that was the beginning. That was kind of the the first few steps. So it came as a need for you to just have a platform to share these things you were learning on. Angel, what kind of things were you posting here? And was it difficult for you to post related to something very personal and close to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were just taking books and digesting these books and then taking the highlights and writing about them so they could be at the top of our mind. So we are digesting what we are learning and then kind of putting it in our own words and what are some things that we wanted to hold ourselves accountable to? Like, how did we want to step through this? What did we need to continue to read again and again to help us? Yeah. And it was the daily reminders too, which we found so vastly important, right? Like the little things, you know, things like, Hey, you know, no, it's not everything that happens to you in your life is not your responsibility, but it is your responsibility to change the way you respond to those circumstances that is ultimately going to move you forward. Um, and, and it was by, by like kind of writing that down and, and wrapping our story around it and putting it out there, it was certainly a, a vehicle for healing. And then it became a vehicle for others as well as they found it. And they would send us messages saying, oh my God, I really resonate with your story. Let me tell you my story. What do you think I should do? Um, and it was, I mean, it was wild to be put in that position, especially when we were kind of in the trenches ourselves. So what was going through your head, Mark, as you were receiving these messages from other uh, people when, you know, really the website was initially built just, just for both of you? Uh, well, I tell you what, in the beginning, um, we were... We, we were glad to, to, to not feel alone, right? Other people reached out to us. Other couples reached out to us and said, we're going through something similar. And mm. um, they would share their story with us. 
Um, and, and that there was a, a tremendous amount of um, just comfort in knowing that you were not on this journey going solo, right? I mean, you, you definitely had people out there who were on the, on the path with you. And so we, from that, from that, like the outreach that people, you know, in the outpouring of support that we were getting online, we decided, you know what, let's, let's transition some of the blog as well. And instead of just writing always about our story, let's write about some of their stories as well. And some of the things that they're going through um, and some of the, th- some of the things that they say is, are helping them. Right. And so it became a very collaborate, uh, collaborate, a very much of a collaboration between us and those people that we called our support group. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it was, was an online support group. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, initially we're like, who are we to be getting, to be giving other people advice? Who are we, you know, we're struggling and working our way through this too. But the more we were doing research, we were realizing that we had learned some things along the way that we could help others. And so we were just explaining what we had learned and working through it that way. But definitely at first, you know, we had that imposter syndrome with like, who are we to, to be helping others? We're going through this, you know, with everyone else. And And certainly people were coming to us asking questions that we didn't have the answers to. Right. I mean, there's, there's, there's some of that too. I think anytime you put yourself out there and your story out there, people are going to resonate with it and they get this perception like, well, you have all the answers. Um, but we didn't. But what we did have was the, the the time, space, and presence to listen to others, um, to to share a safe place with them where they can say, you know what, I'm hurting too, and it's okay, and we can get through this together. Um, and so that was really the beginnings of where the blog uh, started to take a little bit more of the the, the modern day form, which was a, a you know a platform to help people step through very difficult circumstances. How long or Angel, Angel, what was the publishing frequency? Was that, correct me if I'm wrong, was that a daily thing to start with? And then at what point did you start to feel uh, like w- this could be something more than just a blog, like we can actually make this our business? Mm-hmm. So initially we were posting every, you know, three to four days a week. Okay. And as we were posting, um, we started to get comments like, okay, you know, can you guys help me through this? Do you do coaching? And then we had a couple articles go viral. Um, and again, this is like Mark said, this was back when, you know, you shared an article on Facebook and it would go nuts. We had one article that got shared 600,000 times in what? one day. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> what, wait, what was that article? Do you remember? Um, that one was uh, 30 things to stop doing to yourself. Um, <laughs> and then there was a follow-up, 30, 30 things to start doing for yourself, mm. which was kind of the positive yeah. spin of it. But those two together, yeah. it was just bomb. And so that, that, that article went viral. It went nuts. And Mark and I looked at each other and we're like, Wow. You know, um, and so we kind of and at that point, we were both working full time doing our own, you know, nine to five jobs working because um, this was all just a passion project. The blog was just something we were doing on the side for ourselves that was gaining traction. And so when we had those couple articles go viral, we looked at each other and we we're like, OK, I think this is decision time. Like we can see that there is a need out there and we're able to fill that. But if we want to continue with this, we're doing as much as we can right now while working full time. But if we want to take this a step forward, one of us needs to quit our jobs to then continue to pursue it. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't serve the people that were reaching out to us in the way um, we wanted to uh, without stepping out of full time work. Right. I mean, you only have so many hours in a day. So um, it was it was a tough decision because it was you know, what's interesting, most interesting, Pat, about this point is is that Angel mentioned imposter syndrome, and I think that's a, a lot of what we were dealing with. There was this, there, there was this interesting dynamic of we love this passion project that we have on the side, and it's serving us and it's serving others. And we know to to serve them in the way they're asking to be served, we need more time to do this. But at the same time, we felt like right now it's all free, right? Right now, like we don't have to rely on it for our for our income. And there was something about that right there that certainly held us back for a little while. Like, should we should we charge for for our time and our services to these to these individuals who are struggling? And so it it took a little while. We we definitely danced around that, um, but ultimately decided the value we could create by doing so was was certainly in service of them. Um, And so, it, it you know, over the course of months, we we slowly stepped out into it. So there were some thoughts of, wow, like, okay, we're helping these people who are going through these troubled times. 
would it be weird for us or just not right to start charging in some way if we if we wanted to coach these people and I, I can definitely see that and 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 that speaks to wholeheartedly like the kind of people you are and I've known you guys for years you guys are always thinking about serving others first which is what we talk about here on SPI all the time and and just the fact that you're having that thought shows that you're good kind-hearted people but tell me about like discussions you had about that I'm, I'm very interested because I know a lot of people who are listening to this right now are going through similar thoughts of you know who, who am I to share this stuff and, and and even start charging people for it it's almost like how bands think of other bands that go big as like selling out like it's just you don't you don't do that you don't and and, and it could be misconstrued for as taking advantage of those people how like what were those conversations like and and how did you eventually just unlock the ability to start doing that well the the in-person conversations was were, were really helpful um <clears throat> we we started this it was kind of like this online support group where we would i mean we would literally do um, co coaching calls with people for free, right? They were certainly, they were no, no money exchange there. And then have these online collective group chats where you'd have like, you know, roughly 10 people in a, in a little chat room, but it was fully live and people were kind of putting their stories and their hearts out there. And I, I think the breakthroughs that we saw, um, by just sitting there and serving those people, uh, and, and over the course of weeks was enough to motivate you to say, you know what? Like if we dedicate more time to this, we can really help these people and more people. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that was a little bit of it. It was like, it was getting beyond, it was, it was taking action, right? Like we, we waste our time waiting for that ideal path to appear, but you know, ideal paths are made by walking, not waiting. And so we needed to step into it. And so we did it a little bit inadvertently. I'm not going to say we made a, a really great conscious business decision to like, let's just test the waters, but we were already knee deep in what we were doing. And so we just stepped a little further, took it mm -hmm. off like just the written word and into a little bit more interactive coaching and, and support group style environment, which gave us, I think, just it just gave us the awareness that this was something special. Mm -hmm. And then we also had we had requests from our readers like, do you offer this service? Do you guys have a book? Do you do coaching? And so we could see that there was a demand there. And so it was just like, OK, how do we fulfill this in a way that feels comfortable for us and also provide service for others? How yeah. long, Angel, after starting the website was this point where you started getting requests from your audience for additional help? I would say about 2012. Yeah, so I was that three years, mm -hmm. four, four years into it. Okay. Yeah, so, 2011, so, 2012. So, so it took a few years to, to have yeah. like, like people who were paying attention long enough to say, hey, we want this, we want that. But yeah, to Angel's point, my goodness, I think everything we offered first, Pat, was all based on requests, right? Like people were like, so our first book, which was uh, we had self-published, was a, a compilation of our greatest hits of articles, right? And people said, oh, like I love all your everything that you send out, but – like if I could have it in, in one PDF or just one place where I could have it offline, yeah. um, that would be great for traveling and so forth. Again, this is 10 years ago. So, I, you know, <laughs> I, I'd love to have it offline. So yeah, we're like, OK, we'll do that. I don't want to just have it online. I want to read your material offline. Do you have that available? And we're like, well, no, but we could probably make that happen. And so that's how then our products started being born was just listening to our readers. Right. And then they said, oh, I'd love, an, I'd love this in audio. I'd love to listen to this. So what did we do? We created an audio book and eventually it became a paperback because people were like, oh, this would be great to hold. <laughs> and we're like, that's a good idea. Um, but yeah, we, we very much listened, you know, and then the coaching was the same thing. It was we were listening to what people needed and what they wanted. And eventually we stepped from the free um, you know, online text-based coaching into voice coaching into, you know, uh, full-fledged like Skype, Zoom-style conversations today. And and you do events as well, which is really amazing. And just to kind of see this journey and where it's taken you, the reason why I asked you how long it took is because I want to give people a realistic take on just how much effort and time you've put into uh, building that authority. And I think that's when you start to get people to ask you for services and other things is when people can trust you. And that trust doesn't happen <laughs> overnight and I, and I think um, just putting in the time to actually care about others and listen is is really the most important thing that first book what what was it called and how did you know how to put it together or did you get help for that PDF file initially uh, mark we'll start with you um, we had no idea how to put it together <laughs> we <laughs> so like, where did you start 
Angel, Angel was this was the greatest thing is I, I was I like I remember vividly going into our, our uh, home office at one point and Angel Angel's got all of these these uh, articles just pasted into a giant word <laughs> document and I'm like all right like feel like we're making progress here <laughs> and so yeah so like Mark said we had a request from readers saying hey where can I get your material offline I want to be able to read this stuff on the subway on the train on the airplane and so I. Literally just went into our blog and found the top articles, you know, the articles that had the most comments or the most um, shares, the most social media shares. And I, I started organizing them that way. But I had no idea what I was doing. So that was step one was like, OK, let me just take the articles. What do we have here? And we actually had a reader reach out to us around that time. And she's like she was a designer. And she was like, I love your work. I'd love to be of service for you. And she actually lived in Singapore. <laughs> and so she ended up being the one who helped me create this PDF file and lay it out and make it look pretty That's and cool. do all the design features. And we would talk um, via, you know, Google Talk in the morning because with the time change, you know, it's so drastic. And even with her accent, it was hard to communicate over the phone, but it was perfectly fine over, um, Google Talk. And so, yeah, she actually helped me out tremendously putting together this PDF file. And that became our book. It, the name was uh, A Thousand Little Things Happy Successful People Do Differently. And we self published it originally as an ebook. Then we did an audiobook version. Then we did a paperback version. And, th and this is a, a big book. Um, I, I, it's got to be about 400, 400 uh, pages. Um, so it was, it was substantial. I don't know how many words that is, but it's gotta be, I would go with 125,000 wow. words. Yeah, Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. It's a big book for sure. But what's, what's wild is that we ultimately ended up selling the majority of the copies we sold and we sold all of them for the most part ourselves. It was on Amazon, but we did a lot of sales just through our own point of sale system. Um, but we sold, never sold it below 27 bucks, the book. So, but the vast majority was a combination of audiobook and ebook. That thing sold like, like, like pretty wild. Um, and to give you an idea, I think we, we ended up selling the book uh, just recently in the last couple of years to Penguin Random House. But before we did that and, and cut it off, we were at 37,000 copies at $27. Um, so that over, gives over the course of five years, over the course of five years for, for sure. But, but selling it just ourselves. Um, so it became a very good source of revenue for us and one that our readers absolutely loved. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was a total win-win. That's amazing. Um, and it, it ultimately, yeah, it ultimately led to a book deal with Penguin. They noticed they, they saw the numbers. Um, and so we, they were like excited <laughs> to, for us to write a new book for them if they could acquire this old book, which was, which was absolutely wild. And then that new book is getting back to happy. Is that correct? That is. Yeah, that's right. And, and getting back to happy blew our minds when it became a New York Times bestseller. So, yeah. I mean, that was that was absolutely a wild ride. Um, but but born again out of out of just this this mindset of listening to what the people we were serving needed and wanted one step at a time over the course, like Angel said, of years. Right. It wasn't like selling it all at once. It was just like, how do we how do we start? moving this snowball, you know, slowly one, one step at a time. I love that. Congratulations to you both, especially on the new book and the book deals and the best, uh, the New York times bestseller. I saw it there on the, on the rankings when you, you were all sharing it. And I was just so happy for you both because, uh, we've been friends for a very long time. I want to go back to the first PDF file. So you have this word document and the amazing person in your audience comes out and, and supports you to design it. How did you sell it? And what was it like to sell it. Um, I remember, and a lot of people have heard me talk about my story of when I first sold my ebook, which was literally the same thing, a PDF file, and what that experience is, uh, was like. I'm curious to know if you could tell us a story, uh, Angel, of kind of what it was like to put that online and, and, and perhaps a tool that you used for that, and then just walk us through like the first sale and, and what that felt like. So we were very nervous about putting it out into the world. Um, this was, you know, one of our, our first products, this ebook that we created. And I remember it was 
right around Christmas time. It was the week after Christmas, but before New Year's. And uh, of course we were, you could constantly make improvements or do something better. And we, we, we were nitpicking every single thing. And, and we were arguing with each other. We're like, we just have to get this out there. Like we need to stop making it, trying to make it perfect. Cause we're always going to find something that needs improvement. And so we were bickering with each other and we, this, we stayed up late one night and we're like, we just need to get this out there. Let's just put it on the website, put the landing page up. Um, we don't even have to send an email out yet or anything. Let's just get it all up on the website. So and, like if someone comes to the blog, yeah. at least they can see it. Right? And, and then we'll worry about there. the emails tomorrow. Yeah. And so we used uh, Entreport. And so we used that to go ahead and do like the payment processing, the email delivery and everything. And so I remember it was late. It was late. It was probably like 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. at night. We finally go ahead and get the landing page up there and publish it and make it live. And I am not kidding you. Within 10 minutes, we had a sale. And I go to Mark. I'm like, are you, were you testing that? Cause something just came <laughs> through right now. I'm like, are you still testing it? He's like, no, I'm not testing it. And I opened it up and sure enough, it was what a reader's name, email address, delivery and everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this. We, we jumped out of our chairs, right? <laughs> that, that definitely We were happened. just blown away because yeah. if we were doing it late at night, you know, no one's on the site because God forbid something happens, you know, we're changing things around right now. And so we wanted to do it late at night. We finally get the courage to put it out there and here I am thinking he's testing something like he just did an order to make sure all the emails go out and I was blown away that that first one went through it was so exciting um yeah it was just amazing yeah it's an amazing feeling especially when, like when it's when it's taken a few years to get to that point especially I think the the glory in that first sale and realizing that you're you're, you're starting to make that transition into business um it feels that much better um, and then of course we, then we send out the emails, uh, with, I think it was the next day, yeah. right? It was like the next afternoon. It took us a while to figure out like just to have their, just the right words, yeah. <laughs> but, but we got that email out there and then it did very, very well. How big was your email list at the time, Mark? Oh goodness. Um, that is a good question, Pat. <laughs> I would maybe? say, I would say ballpark. It had to have been like 40,000. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, that sounds about 40 right. to 50,000 probably. I mean, so it wasn't small, it wasn't massive, but it was, it, again, we, it had been up for, you know, at that point it was uh, three years that we were like probably consciously collecting email addresses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, that, that sounds about right. Maybe it's 40 to 50,000 sounds about right. But and again, we, we didn't have a, it wasn't like we had a lead in or anything yeah. like that. Like we weren't offering anything if they signed up. Yeah. So. But at this time that we had never offered anything for sale, like we had never offered any, anything. So I think this was also a big deal for our readers to be like, Oh wait, they're selling something. I like their work. What are they selling? I've never seen them offer any product before. So here we were nervous about, you know, charging money and offering a product when they they've been wanting this, you know, they've been mm-hmm. wanting something to buy from us because they look at us as you know authority and they we have content that they love to read and finally they have a product and so the the feedback was a lot better than we expected yeah and i think there were a good reminder there if i think for any creator is that you know if you have if, if you're doing things in service of people and, and 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 you know doing your due diligence of putting putting in the work right and 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 serving well there's going to be a, a, a substantial uh, percentage of the people on your list in your community that want to take the next step with you. And we didn't, I mean, we just didn't realize it. It, t- it took us probably a lot longer than average, especially at that point, to realize that. And 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 yet, it, it, I think it was okay to take a while, you know? Um, but but for those who want to accelerate, I think you can probably offer something a lot sooner than three years in. Um, but you still have, you still want to put the work in and you want to, you, you certainly want to be doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Angel, did you hear from anybody that was not okay with, with you selling after having given everything away for free for so long? No, no, I don't think I, I don't recall ever receiving an email with someone, you know, complaining that, Oh, now we're offering a product because we were still providing that free content, right? We still had the weekly blogs going out the weekly articles, So that was still getting updated. This was just, if you wanted to take it a step further, if you wanted to have the material offline. So no, we never really had any feedback of people complaining that now we are charging for a product because we still had that free content available. That's the perfect answer because, and that's typically what I tell people when they go, well, 
aren't people going to be upset? But the, you, you've just said it yourself. You're not taking anything away from yeah. everything mm -hmm. that you're already doing. That, that's where you get in trouble is if you were giving away things for free and then you weren't anymore and you now start charging for it. That's when it starts to become an issue. But you're adding this on top of what you were doing. So I want everybody to listen to what Angel just said there. It's really important <laughs> because that, that hangs a lot of people up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. It's like, we, we think, <laughs> we think it's like that having something for sale somehow makes us like bad, but no, that, that makes us a business, right? We, we have to, we have to serve ourselves as well. Um, so if you can do so, I, I agree a hundred percent, Pat. I mean, everything, I mean, I think our model is probably more similar to yours than we even realize. Uh, you know, we, even now, I mean, we, we continuously, we get one to two new articles out every week. It's completely free. Mm -hmm. If somebody wants to attend a live event, if somebody wants to buy a book, if somebody wants to buy our course or coaching or so forth, they can. But if they don't and they're on our email list, they are still getting two free pieces of content every week. And it's good. I mean, it, it, it comes from the heart. I mean, these are stories about ourselves, about coaching clients and situations um, that we've gone through or help, have helped others through. And there's a lot. I mean, we, we write about them because we're learning ourselves from them. So there's a lot of value there. And I know you do the, very much the same thing. You serve your community um, openly. And if somebody wants to take a next step and show up to one of your events or, or something like that, you know, uh, they have the op option to do that. But they don't they certainly don't have to. Well, thank you for that, Mark. Well said. Um, I'm curious. I remember I was at your event and you were telling a story, Mark, about your grandmother and her journal. And you had shared a quote and, and something that she had written there that really kind of set the tone of, of the entire event. And it was a very amazing event. I, I, even for the brief time that I was there speaking and then kind of beforehand during uh, sound check and, and even during lunch, I met some amazing people. You, you attract some amazing people who want to better their lives and the lives of many others too. And I just want to commend you for that. But this journal entry that I'm thinking of, uh, can you tell us what that was and, and, and why that is important to you and, and just this journal in general? Sure, absolutely. So a little bit of backstory on that is that um, when I, and I'm, I'm lucky to have had a grandmother who, who spent this kind of time with me, just having a, a guiding light in my life when I was young, um, teaching me lessons that I didn't even know I was gonna need uh, a couple decades later. But uh, my grandmother in the last couple decades of her life um, kept what she called her inspiration journal. And it was literally just a place where she jot down uh, a few sentences a day about things she was learning. And some of those entries were truly amazing. And she would share those entries with me. Um, and we'd, we'd read through, like we spent 15 to 20 minutes when I'd see her, like literally reading through her inspiration journal. Um, and uh, when she passed away, she ended up leaving me this journal in her will, which was a remarkable gift, a priceless gift. Um, one of those journal entries, which is the one that I brought up uh, at the conference is one that Angel and I actually have uh, hanging uh, downstairs in our office. And it's it's a journal entry of, about her um, going through cancer. Um, she was diagnosed with cancer and she found herself sitting in a hospital room um, and, you know, had just had a double mastectomy. She was uh, 69 years old at the, at the time. And this was a journal entry that was uh, written in the, the, I believe it was the late 70s. Um, and she has this observation while she's sitting there in the hospital, um, somewhat obviously feeling sorry for herself, you know, feeling like, you know, the, gosh, like this is, this is a tough moment in my life. But as she's sitting there, she realizes that she's, she's watching these wheeling, you know, rolling beds and these wheelchairs going by the, uh, the hallway and that all of the, the people being wheeled by, um, with, with cancer, with bald heads and so forth, um, were all children. They were all couldn't have been a day older than 17. And in that moment, um, she realizes that she has everything to be grateful for. And that's what she wrote is that like, despite this double mastectomy and despite the, the, the struggle that I'm going through, I'm a 69 year old woman. And you know, the last room before the pediatric division of this hospital begins. And I am sitting here witnessing people who are struggling a lot more than I am. And I have so much in this moment to be grateful for, for the life that I've lived to this point. Um, and so it's bittersweet, right? I mean, it, it's sad, but at the same time, it, it, it's perspective um, that even when we're struggling, even when it seems like we have nothing going well for us, we have a lot to look back on and to think about in our lives that, that are, that's great, right? There's always some reason to be grateful um, because somebody nearby um, is struggling even harder than you are. 
Mm-hmm. And we have to keep that in perspective. And so, yeah, I shared that at the, 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 um, the event to, to set the tone to say, you know, this is, this is kind of the mindset that we like to take into an event like this, uh, a perspective shift that although, yes, uh, life can be hard, life can be difficult, it is not easy. Um, we are all in this together and all, every one of us has something to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some reason to, to, to step forward. Thank you, Mark. And I, you know, just what a wonderful gift for your grandma- grandmother to leave you and, and all of us um, who are listening to this story. Uh, her message and, and her soul lives on as a result. And I just wanted to make sure that I pulled that out for everybody listening because it is a very memorable sort of quote and something that we could all use more of a reminder about. So, so thank you for that, Mark. Um, Angel, I'm curious, on your website, markandangel.com, uh, you know, hack life, as you say, um, I mean, you've written likely thousands of articles at this point and have a good knack on sort of what is most uh, popular on your website. And I'd love for you to share with us perhaps some of those popular articles and, and, and not just like why they're popular, but also like just h- how are they useful for us? I'd love to know because you speak about living life to the fullest and, and those kinds of things. I think a lot of us need these kinds of reminders. So based on your audience's response to the kinds of content that you guys come out with like what are some lessons that we can all take away um from from you guys as as uh experts and who study and research and talk and speak and coach about this stuff what are what are some of the big lessons that we could take away from what you teach Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of our articles we we write in a way uh one of the most common comments we get is I feel like you're writing this just for me. I feel like somehow you've gone through my text messages or in my email and you know what's going on in my life and you're writing this exactly for me. And and so it's a blessing to be able to get those responses. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of the lessons that we talk about is, you know, we're all going through some type of struggle. We're all struggling in some way, whether it's in a relationship or a career. And, you know, we talk a lot about being present and um, appreciating what you have right now, being grateful in this moment. And kind of, you know, what Mark mentioned about his grandma's journal is appreciating what you have now, because looking back on the past, you you can't change that. You can't control it. And looking forward, you can't predict what's going to happen in the future. This is the only moment that's guaranteed is right here and right now. So it's, it's being present with today and accepting what is while also being grateful for what you have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, appreciating the present moment without wishing it were any different. Um, and dealing with, um, the struggles that arise without fearing there will always be that way because they won't Right, everything changes. And then like Angel said, appreciating the, the pleasures that, that arise on the average day without holding on too tight when they change, because of course, again, everything changes. I mean, that, that is presence, right? That's mindfulness. Um, and we try to take that, that frame uh, of mind into everything that we do. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a mindset that helped us when we were in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it is, is about questioning truth, Pat. I mean, to, to, to answer your question about like, uh, what do we teach? It's about realizing that the truth, right? The, 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 the understandings we have about ourselves, our relationships and our situations is not the whole truth. A lot of times we have built in beliefs and perceptions about what we are capable of, about what should or should not have happened to us, um, about the meaning of our lives, right? We, we, we kind of embrace these beliefs and they end up driving a big part of the actions we take on a daily basis, the things we do and do not do for ourselves and others. Um, and so our biggest goal with the coaching clients, with events like Think Better, Live Better, um, is, is to get people to question their truth, to take, a, take a, a long, hard look at some of the things that are cycling through their heads and ask themselves questions, right? Like, is this true? Is this all that is true? And who are you with this thought in your head? Um, and who would you be if you could strip that thought out of your head? Like, what else would you see about your circumstance or relationship or situation or life in general? What else would you see about yourself without that thought in your head? Mm-hmm. And and maybe even like challenging them to, to say the complete opposite. Like if, if a thought is something like, you know, I'm not enough. I'm not enough for these people. Say, I am enough. And what are some examples in my life recently that where I have been enough? Let's challenge. Let's flip it around and challenge that. 
Um, but it's it's really to break people away from the 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 this so-called truth that they've been living by that mm-hmm. it sometimes is holding us back in a way that we don't even realize. Yeah. It's about looking at situations from a different perspective. You know, we're all guilty of getting that narrow vision. And I, I think when our readers read our blog, it's, it's, they get those aha moments like, Oh, okay. I forgot. I knew that, but I forgot it, you know, because I've been so focused on this issue or this problem that I forgot to look at it that way. And so reading the blog, it just opens their mind to uh, a different perspective instead of having that, that tunnel vision. That's one of the reasons we share stories. Cause I think the stories, you know, the, the lessons, right? Like of a personal development, self-help and so forth. I mean, there's a finite number of great principles, um, but when you when you hear those principles told through people's stories, um, through different lenses, um, it can be incredibly powerful. And so that's what we we try our best, right, to to convey uh, things that we've learned in our own lives and things that we've learned through other people's stories um, that make those uh, realizations more powerful and also challenge. Um, our own perceptions of what's going on in our own lives um, so that we can hopefully take a, a more positive step forward. Thank you. And, and I love what you just said there. I want to highlight that really quick. And it's the fact that there are likely just a finite amount of topics and categories you can speak on. And it's the stories that allow you to continue to speak to people, to resonate with people in different ways, to continually talk about this. I mean, that was going to be my next question because, you know, a lot of niches benefit from there's a new phone that comes out every however months. So now I have a new set of kinds of content and reviews and posts that I can create because that stuff is technology is always changing. But when it comes to this, it's 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 there's only a finite amount of things that you could talk about. But I mean, you have 205 pages with five to 10 blog posts each on your website about these kinds of topics. And how are you able to find and 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 essentially root these stories and turn them into lessons. I'm curious, having done it so long, I know a lot of them have obviously come from yourself, but I'm reading some of the blog posts here on your homepage at Mark, with a C, by the way, and angel.com. You know, you're talking about other people's stories too. Do you have a a method for that? Because, I mean, with me in podcasting, I know stories are the most most powerful thing that I can tell, which is why I always try to get stories from my uh, guests. And in the blog, it's the, the stories that get remembered that get talked about later. What are some strategies you guys have for getting these stories and finding them and, and then writing about them? And, and Angel, maybe we could start with, with you and Mark, if you have anything to add. Yeah, I mean, uh, funny you ask that. I mean, one of the ways that we um, stay in touch with our readers and know what stories are going to have more of an impact is really through our coaching. You know, we're, we're doing coaching with our readers and we're hearing their stories and what they're going through. And so we we ask their permission and we're able to share their stories and say, okay, you know, we just did a coaching call and this is what she was going through because if this is a situation that our client going is going through and has experienced, most likely others are also experiencing something similar. Yeah. Live interaction with human beings, right? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that is even, even that's the reason above all to host a live event, right? For your business, a live event is not very profitable. There are so many moving parts. When you think about the time and energy you put into it, it's not like the best business decision, but it is the greatest people decision. You're going to hear stories. You're going to talk to people. Um, and very much the same way Angel's talking about coaching. And so, yeah, it's it's putting ourselves in front of other human beings who are in the trenches um, and helping them and being a present listening ear. Um, and and then hopefully, you know, not all of them, but a lot of them say, yeah, I, I don't mind. You know, if you change my name or change the circumstances slightly, I'd love for you to write about my circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it becomes a massive source of inspiration for new material and writing the next story. And it's even, you know, just our recent event that we hosted. You know, we we ask we usually have about, you know, 10 guest speakers that come and speak at our event. And the reason for that is exactly what you said, Pat, is that we all have a different story. So though the message all falls under thinking better, living better, pers- perspective, acceptance. Um, 
you're hearing it from different voices. And so the audience members, the readers, the followers, they're going to resonate with someone different than just one head up there talking the whole time. And so that's why we like to have all of these guest speakers because you never know who that audience member is going to connect with and finally have that aha moment. And it's really going to knock a point home. Yeah. And we, we tend to reach out to people who we ourselves have learned something from. Right, Patton, you were one of them this year. I mean, like somebody who has has been a source of inspiration in our lives, and so we feel that if the, if this if this if these human beings have been a source of inspiration to us, and we have been a source of inspiration to those who are showing up to this event, then there's no question that these other these people who have inspired us are going to inspire them, right? Because they have a story to tell. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, but live events, um, coaching, this is how you keep the inspiration going. Um, and, and putting yourself out there, attending other people's conferences and so on and so forth. I mean, it, I think you, you have to put yourself out into the world and live in order to be able to write stories about it. Who else has inspired both of you for what you do today and how you live your life? Oh, man. Um, well, certainly, I mean, certainly you have to look to parents, right? You do have to look to parents and, and look at their ups and their downs, but you learn both sides of them. I mean, my parents have been a great source of inspiration in my life. Um, and I, and I've learned, I mean, even in getting back to happy, I asked their permission to do it, but I wrote about their, their marriage struggles, um, and, and how they overcame those marriage struggles. Um, so it's, it, you know, I, I look at people who are closest to me. Um, and my parents are definitely two mm-hmm. of those people. Cause we all, each and every single one of us have a story to share and a lesson that we've learned along the way. So definitely, um, the people closest to us have been an inspiration for sure. Um, and seeing, hearing more about their story and what they've learned along the way. Yeah. I mean, getting back to happy. I mean, for instance, uh, Angel's best friend, Janet, um, she has also had a double mastectomy in her thirties. Uh, breast cancer. So she's been a massive source of inspiration for, um, she, she got, again, we, we, we focused some of getting back to happy, the book on, on her story. Um, and, but just watching her journey through that and change her mind about the meaning of life and, and what is and is not important. Um, seeing everything that we already know, but through her lens, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. is, is incredibly powerful. So we, we do have this tendency to turn to those closest to us and to truly pay attention to those who are, are, you know, going through some type of life transition. Um, but, you know, it would be cl- cliche to say, but at the same time, I'm going to bounce it right back to the clients. I mean, we spend a lot of time each week talking to individuals who are really struggling, who are, but who, who are so invested in themselves in stepping through the struggle they're going through. So they're not saying I'm stuck here. They're saying, I know there's hope and I'm going to get there one, one day at a time. Um, talking to those people, is a is just miraculous. I mean, it's just it's amazing. I mean, these are everyday people who are in the trenches, who are working hard to be their best selves for themselves and the people they love. And I don't think there's any greater source of inspiration than that. Um, we can certainly talk about you know superstars and, and celebrities and, and stuff like that, but it's really the people you interact with on a daily day to day basis. Um, if you're willing to, to to pay attention, that can be the greatest source of inspiration. Love it. Thank you, Angel. Uh, we're going to finish up here, and I want you to talk about what's happening next for you guys. What do you have planned that we can all look forward to? Yes. Um, so our self-published book that we told you about, the A Thousand Little Things Happy Successful People Do Differently, we are actually coming out with a traditionally published version of that uh, through Penguin Random House, and that comes out in May, and that is going to be a great giftable book, tabletop book, um, great source of inspiration. Penguin Random House has done a great job of cleaning it up, you know, putting a new cover on it. We've added some new <laughs> articles in there um, and kind of making it the book that that it could have been, you know, because when we self-published, we, we put our best effort into it. But to be able to have an editor and a team and everyone take a look at it, and make it even better. We're excited for that to come out in May. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's been fun. It's, it, you know, it's really fun is to go back and look at something that you read, like, or you wrote, um, like eight years ago and, <laughs> and, 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 and like evaluate it, right? Like they, you sit it all right in front of you, black and white and go, okay, now you're evaluating yourself who you used to be here. Yeah. Um, but that was, it was a really fun process. So yeah, we're excited about that. That's so cool. Which, uh, do you know what date in May it comes out in? It's May 21st, May 21st, and it'll be available for pre-order most likely. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And so it should be there now. So you're listening to this in May. And so by the end of the month, uh, make sure to pick that up on the 22nd and um, we'll make sure to 
just gain as much inspiration as we can from both of you because you guys are both incredibly inspirational. You've been inspirational to me, and it was just so great to be on your stage. And thank you for allowing me to to, to be there to share a lot of what I know with your audience. And um, just I cannot wait to see what, what comes next for both of you. Thank you for what you do. Uh, Mark, I'll have you close it off. Any final words of inspiration for the listeners out there who are – uh, trying to live their fullest life and uh, build something on the side too? I would say um, challenge yourself every day, right? Discomfort is the, is the way forward. Uh, that's something we, we often try to make things easier on ourselves. But when, I, when it comes to business, when it comes to growth, uh, personally and professionally, um, discomfort is really the key to the growth that you ultimately want for yourself. So do something every single day that challenges you, you or scares you just a little bit, right? You know, don't, you don't have to go crazy, but, but push yourself one step further than you did the day before and you'll be happy with the results uh, in a few weeks. You guys are amazing. Mark Angel, thank you so much for coming on. MarkandAngel.com, Mark with C. And uh, love you guys. We'll talk soon. Keep up. All right. Work. Thank you yeah. so much, Pat. We're truly grateful. We're looking forward to seeing you at FlynnCon too. Oh, thank oh, you. Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. <laughs> you got our tickets. Yep, we'll be there. Thank you, guys. Love you. <laughs> Love you, Tim. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mark and Angel. Again, you can find them at markandangel.com and uh, come to the show notes page, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 370. For all the links and stuff about their upcoming book, we'll have the link in the show notes, and I'm just very proud of everything that they've done. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 370. It just shows you that a lot of times the success that you see uh, often comes with a lot of hardships, a lot of patience, a lot of time and care for others, and it just doesn't happen overnight. So for those of you who are just starting out in your journey, don't feel like that you have to wait three years in order to see success, but just know that it does take time. And like Mark said earlier, they could have probably monetized and helped more people in much better ways, in addition to the ways that they were doing it for free much sooner. So hopefully you've learned and have gotten inspiration from Mark and Angel. Uh, make sure to check them out, Mark with a C and angel.com and make sure you hit the show notes page so you can check out their book and everything else they have going on smartpassiveincome.com slash session 370 make sure you hit that subscribe button on the show if you haven't already doesn't matter where you're listening at uh, if you could also leave a review for the show that would be fantastic and I just want to say I love you so much for coming on I hope you got inspiration today if you wanted uh, to do me a quick one up and favor just share this episode with a friend that's all you have to do However you want to do it, just let them know. Episode 370 of the podcast, that would mean the world to me. I uh, appreciate you, Team Flynn. Let's make it bigger. Team Flynn for the win. Let's go. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.